I'm like very curious. Like I saw this and I'm like, what the heck is a rabbit brush? What? I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me why when I looked this up, actual grooming brushes for rabbits came up. Like, I, I can't. I literally can't with this one picture. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. what's up welcome back to the oh my allergies podcast happy tuesday guys if you are new i am valencia really nice to meet you and if you're not subscribed to the podcast make sure that you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice we're available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify amazon audible pretty much any platform you can listen to podcasts on also stop drop roll and rate the podcast hopefully your rating is five stars and also leave the show a review because it really helps with being able to just grow this oh my allergies fam community and being able to reach new peeps also follow us on instagram at at oh my allergies you can follow me on instagram at at oh my valencia and just keep on sharing the podcast with people you know or people you don't even know now in today's episode i'm going to be talking all about ragweed and having a ragweed allergy since environmental allergies and just pollen in general have just been really hot topics this year in the news and i know like when people tend to think of like prime like pollen season they tend to think of like the springtime as being like open pollen season but there is actually one type of pollen that comes onto the scene like late in the summer and into the fall and that pollen is called ragweed so i'm really excited to dive into this topic with you guys today because it just kind of feels like it's perfect timing for this podcast because it's kind of dwindling down towards the end of the summer and shortly but surely we're going to be into the fall so it just kind of is like the perfect timing but before i do that you guys know i gotta tell you guys what's been going on with me What's been going on with me? I have been watching Love Island USA. It actually came out last Tuesday and it's on from Tuesday to Sunday. And I honestly like this season a lot more than seasons in the past. And just like the people in it, because I just feel like they are just more genuine and they aren't really in it to like play like the game, but more so for like the overall experience. Um, They all seem like they actually really like like each other and that they get along and nothing really seems to be like really like forced or phony. Um, in terms of like some of my faves, I like Zeta, I like Timmy, I also like Deb, like literally Timmy and Deb are like way too funny and they're always like having me laughing. It's like really great. Um, I do feel like this season is more like the like original regular Love Island, which is Love Island UK. I feel like these people, they honestly just have no filter literally since it comes on on a streaming service now rather than on like network television. But if 
if you have not watched Love Island and you're in need of something entertaining to watch for like the remainder of the summer, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a lot more entertaining than The Bachelorette, which is an absolute hot mess, by the way. It's it's a big mess. But I do think that even though it is a big mess because there were some parts of the last episode that happened. When I talk about the last episode that happened, I mean like last week's episode, not the episode that's coming on this week that the episode of this podcast is coming out on. I know it's kind of confusing to kind of follow, but it was kind of like where the guys had more of the power and then the women were trying to take the power back, the women meaning the bachelorettes because there's multiple this season. And then it kind of turned out that they really didn't get their power back. Instead of having it where like they shared all of their roses, they had it where they split it. So if a guy is accepting one bachelorette's rose, then they are committing that they are just only going to be pursuing this one bachelorette rather than like flip flopping between the two. But then the caveat was that there are some guys that when one of the bachelorettes was like, do you accept his rose? They were like, no, I'm really interested in the other person. So then the girls were getting frustrated because they're like, we literally wanted to get the power back and we literally put it back into their hands. So it's just a hot mess in like that regard. And I feel like Love Island, it's like its own little animal, but it's definitely like not that much of a hot mess in comparison to The Bachelorette. But I do think that The Bachelor actually needs to do something like this too, because I think it would just be really refreshing for the woman to have the power on a bachelor season rather than it being all about the guy and like the guy being like oh my goodness like it's my journey I need clarity like I think it would be really cool to see it where there were like two bachelors on a season and then like the women got to be able to like choose like who they were interested in pursuing more than the other so I really think it would be interesting to do it that way I don't know if they've done it like that in seasons past but I really kind of want them to kind of go that way with The Bachelor season. But those are the shows that I have been currently watching. A show that I am very interested in watching um, is a show that I am a part scared to watch it. And it is the uh, Pretty Little Liars original Sin show. I heard the show is so much more intense and scarier than the original Pretty Little Liars. And I thought the original Pretty Little Liars was scary at times, especially earlier on within the show. So I don't know if I'm able to like mentally prepare myself enough to be able to watch it like you know like when you're gearing to go do something and you try to mentally prepare yourself so much and then you go and watch it or you go and do said action you're like yeah I could not prepare enough for this experience I feel like this is how it's going to be for me with original sin but I really want to see it so I might just watch the first episode at least and kind of like just go from there we'll obviously watch it during the day of course because I'm not even trying to do that to myself. I've done it before. Highly, highly do not recommend for like that show or pretty much any show, to be quite honest, that's kind of more so on the scarier mystery horror side. Highly don't recommend it. But that is pretty much what's been going on with me. I'm excited to see that show. But TBD as to if I actually watch it and if I actually finish it. So updates to come on that. But Besides that, that's pretty much what's been going on with me so I can get right into my foodie likes. So the first 
first thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, it comes from the brand Seven Sundays. It's their Real Cocoa Sunflower Cereal. And oh my gosh, guys, it tastes so good. I like the fact that even though that it's very low in sugar, I think it has like one gram of like added sugar in it. And like in total, it has like five grams of sugar, which we all know for cereal is very, very low. And you don't really taste that it's really low in sugar, if you understand what I'm saying. So like, even though there's not a lot of sugar in it, it doesn't taste like it's flavorless um, and it has like that hint of sweetness to it. And I like the fact that you can have it as like cereal or you can kind of have it as a snack and eat it by itself because we all know that not all cereals you can eat on its own and actually have it taste like really, really good. So highly recommend it. It has like that chocolatey flavor to it. And if you are a fan of like cassava, then definitely try this. It is the first ingredient in these. Um, these are also gluten-free. There's no grains. There's no gluten in it. Um, no artificial flavors. So it is really good. And also one of my favorite things about this cereal is that there's only eight ingredients in the whole entire thing. So highly recommend trying it if you are looking for a new cereal option or even just something to have as like a snack to make like a little like trail mix situation the other foodie like i wanted to talk to you guys about comes from whole foods it's their 365 whole foods branded unsalted restaurant style tortilla chips i know if you're allergic to corn you're not going to care about what i'm about to say but if you do eat corn and you're still with me hey let's talk about corn so um, I've been really liking these unsalted restaurant style tortilla chips. They taste so good. First off, I didn't even know they made unsalted tortilla chips. So let's just start there. And honestly, when I'm not in the mood for salt, I kind of just want to live the unsalted tortilla chip life. And it's actually not bad because I feel like with things not being salted, you can actually appreciate the flavor of whatever you are using as like a dipping situation. So whether you're using guacamole or whether you're using salsa or whether you're making nachos, like I feel like you're able to like relish in like the flavor of like your toppings rather than having like all this unneeded salt. So I highly recommend if you are obviously just keeping count of like your salt intake, but if you are kind of just in a funk where you're just like sick of salt, highly recommend trying these because they are really good. But those are my foodie likes I want to share with you all this week. So let's get right into this week's allergy news. week's allergy news article comes from USA Today and it's titled suffer from seasonal allergies this tech could help you breathe a little easier and so this article really caught my eye because it is a combination of two things that I'm very interested in and passionate about and that's allergies and technology uh, growing up um, I've always been a person that's been very interested and invested in technology more than from a consumer level um, I'm just really interested and very fascinated in it growing up you know I went to like coding camps and things like that and just technology has always always been around me because I have family members who have been exposed to and work in the technology fields. So I was like, hey, this is very interesting kind of talking about this bridging of technology being able to help allergy people. And so in this article, they talk about how, you know, 50 million Americans experience some types of allergies with about 
24 million with seasonal allergies, which we all know can be referred to as either outdoor allergies or seasonal allergic rhinitis, which I have an episode on, or even hay fever. And so in this article, they talk about different technology that could actually be able to help with your allergy symptoms. So one of the first things of technology that they mentioned are robotic vacuums. And they talk about how utilizing um, these robotic vacuums can really be good for people who have allergies because not only do they roam around your house autonomously to clean like your carpet, uh, your tile, hardwood floors, but it will also navigate itself back to the base to be able to charge up and even empty its own dustbin so you don't even have to touch it. It's kind of like a hands-free situation, which if you are a person who is allergic to the dust, the mold, the pet dander, all of the things, this is kind of like a blessing to you and your life. Um, so I think that that's really interesting. This article talks about a lot of different things in technology. So it also talks about air purifiers. Um, also, one thing that really caught my eye that I was like, no way. They actually make these things that are like portable air purifiers that you can like put around your neck on a lanyard. And apparently what it's supposed to do is to clean the air that you're breathing while you're walking around town. And I'm like, wait, these actually exist? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so, so weird. And they actually exist. And so they create like this sphere of like protection against all of these airborne um, pollutants up to like a few feet around you. And so some of them are like battery powdered or you can like charge them. So it's very interesting the movements in technology that have been made for people who have allergies. And also in this article, they talk about how I think as like an April Fool's joke, um, but then it turned out to not be an April Fool's joke of like Dyson coming out with air purifying headphones. And apparently like it looks like this big pair of headphones and a visor that's supposed to cover your nose and mouth which honestly if I saw this I would think it was an April Fool's joke um but apparently it's not so it's just very interesting to see um all of these things that technology can do to affect you know so many different aspects of your life and that can include your allergies but I will leave uh this article in our show notes so you all can take a look at this article read it in its full entirety and I thought it was very fitting because of talking about pollen in this episode but definitely check out our show notes to read this article in its full entirety and with that being said let's get right into the meat of the episode which is all about ragweed and ragweed pollen like i say in these types of episodes i'm not a doctor um, i'm not a medical professional nor do i claim to be either of those things these are just things that i know from personal experience and research that i've done and i encourage you all to do research on your own as well Today's episode is going to be all about ragweed and I really thought that it would be fitting since environmental allergies are still out here in these streets attacking people from left and right and also ragweed is actually one of the most common environmental allergens especially during this time of year. And actually, around 15% of Americans have symptoms from an allergy to ragweed pollen in the late summer. 
And the symptoms can actually make you feel just like very miserable and uncomfortable. And this kind of pollen can actually cause a seasonal allergic rhinitis, which we all know is known as hay fever. If you want to learn more about allergic rhinitis, did an episode on the difference between allergic rhinitis and allergic sinusitis. So definitely check out that episode. We'll make sure to have the episode linked in our show notes. But having that seasonal allergic rhinitis, it affects as many as 23 million people in the U.S. And it can also cause asthma symptoms for people that have allergic asthma. So if you're not familiar with ragweed, it's surprise, a weed. It's a weed that grows throughout the United States, especially in the eastern and midwestern states. And that warm weather and the humidity and the breezes like after sunrise really help with releasing the pollen. And then the pollen travels through the air to another plant to fertilize the seeds so a new plant can grow next year. Ragweed plants, they tend to mature in midsummer and produce small flowers that generate pollen. And ragweed starts actually pollinating as early as July in some states, especially states in the South. Like you would think that the South would be trying to give us a break from trying to attack us, like especially during the summer, because I live in the South. The summer is always trying to attack everyone who is literally trying to walk out of their house, whether it's due to humidity, whether it's due to the sun boring into your skin. It's like between those things and then ragweed coming in July. It's just like, can I get a break? Like, can I be given a chill pill and just be able to relax and relish in the summertime and not have to worry about, you know, the humidity, having to worry about the sun, like trying to fry breakfast on my arm, having to deal with ragweed trying to attack my nose and my throat. It's like, come on now. Come on now. Honestly, it's just another reason as to why the South is just not, it's just not that great, honestly, especially during the summer heat. But for most of the country, it appears like in August and usually reaches its peak in mid-September. But these plants often continue to produce pollen until, you know, that first frost, which is very interesting that this plant can last as long as it does. And so even though each plant lives only like one season, that one plant can produce up to 1 billion pollen grains. And these grains can be carried long distances by wind, which is crazy. And apparently it's been found in the air 400 miles out to sea and two miles up into the atmosphere. And I'm just like, pollen is really going out of its way to attack us left and right people. It is literally going up all the way out to the sea and all the way up into the atmosphere and it's so crazy like how pollen can be carried not only through the wind but how fast it can carry in the wind it's just like it's just one of those things that I'm just like wow wow now when it comes to plants and like areas that ragweed can easily be overgrown Uh, turf grasses and other perennial plants can easily overgrow ragweed and in terms of like I said different areas like where there are like different streams of like water uh, where there's farming or where there's chemicals that are upsetting the soil so I'm talking about like salting roads in the winter ragweed will grow in those places also ragweed can be found alongside like roadsides riverbanks and in vacant lots and fields 
Now, a fun fact that I came across while doing uh, research on ragweed is that there are actually 17 species of ragweed in the U.S. And ragweed also belongs to a larger family of plants that can spread pollen by wind. And so these plants can also cause symptoms. So the different members of this plant family can include like sage, burrweed marsh elder, which that's like a tongue twister, burrweed marsh elder, burrweed marsh elder. That's like making my tongue like slip over itself. It's crazy. Um, Another one is, wait, rabbit brush? Like what in the heck is a rabbit brush? Like, is this actually a plant? Like, like, hold up, hold up. Like, wait a minute. I actually need to look this up a little bit. Hold up. I'm like very curious. Like I saw this and I'm like, what the heck is a rabbit brush? What? I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me why when I looked this up, actual grooming brushes for rabbits came up. Like, I. I can't. I literally can't with this one picture. Okay. So like I pulled it up and like there was like a picture. <laughs> it was a picture of like a rabbit and it had like the little the little brush like on its head and it kind of looks like a construction worker hat. It's like it it's just tickling me to be quite honest. It's actually quite hilarious. But let's just get real here. Okay, so okay. All right, I pulled it up. So this one place says that rubber rabbit brush is highly variable with several different subspecies located throughout the Western United States. It is typically distinguished by having whitish to green flexible stems, felt like matted hairs, and narrow thread like grayish green alternate leaves. It also says Native Americans reportedly used rabbit brush as yellow dye to make medicinal tea or for chewing gum. Interesting. The forage value of rubbish rabbit brush varies greatly among subspecies and ecotypes. In some locations, it can be an important browse species for mule deer, pronghorn, and jackrabbits during fall and winter. It also provides cover for mammals and small nesting birds. Interesting. Well, there we have it, folks. We all know what rabbit brush is now. It's not just a brush for a rabbit. It's actually something that actually helps mammals out here and can actually be used as like yellow dye or to make tea or chewing gum. That's like crazy. But like, I'm not really surprised because there's so many plants that have those medicinal properties and have like those other ways that they're useful other than like being pretty for like our screensavers on like our phones and our laptops. But yeah, so got caught up in that plant. Sorry about that. Um, another uh, member of the plant family is mugwort, which that's weird. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is either. Honestly, I feel like I'm just going to keep like stopping myself and looking these up because I'm like, what is a mugwort? What is that? Like, I have no idea what it is. So apparently, interesting. So says historically mugwort has been used in traditional systems of medicine in different parts of the world today mugwort taken orally is promoted for digestive problems irregular menstruation and high blood pressure it is also promoted as a sedative laxative and liver tonic interesting like i honestly feel like the plants with like the weirdest names are the ones that can actually 
do so much for not only just like animals but for people it's kind of crazy then there's another member of this plant family called groundsel bush then there's another one called eupatarium but those are like a few members of like the plant family that ragweed is like under so they all have like these different properties that are able to help mammals animals people it's very interesting so i'm like well then what are you doing for the world ragweed like you just sitting here just getting in people's nostrils and throats and just making them just like sneeze and get irritated and get inflamed like you see, you got rabbit bush over here making medicinal tea and chewing gum and yellow dye and being able to provide cover for like birds and mammals. And you got mugwort being able to promote like digestive problems and help with like high blood pressure and, and ragweed. Like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, like, what are you doing? But when it comes to who tends to get a ragweed allergy, 75% of people who are actually allergic to just pollen uh, tend to be allergic to ragweed. So if you have allergies to like one type of pollen, you tend to develop allergies to other types of pollen as well. And I feel like this is something that is common with just like in the food allergy world as well. Like when I did food allergy testing, my allergist was like, I want to test you for other nuts because more than likely, if you're allergic to one nut, you're allergic to more than just that one. And he was actually really right in terms of me being allergic to more than just one nut. So I kind of am like taking that lens and applying it to this pollen. I kind of feel like it's kind of like a similar comparison. But in terms of symptoms of ragweed allergy, they're actually pretty similar to other pollen allergies. So the sneezing and the nasal congestion, the runny nose, the itchy watery eyes, the itchy throat, all of the things. Ragweed pollen can also aggravate asthma symptoms and that can lead to like that increased coughing and sometimes even wheezing. Now when it comes to how is a ragweed allergy diagnosed i have one word for you allergist if you think that you are allergic to ragweed pollen definitely go see a board certified allergist they will ask you about you know like your medical history um do a physical exam sometimes and do allergy testing so like a skin prick test to really just confirm whether or not you actually have a true allergy. So when it comes to like, what can you actually do about it? There's not really like a cure for ragweed pollen allergies, sadly, as it that's the case when it comes to just regular pollen allergies. But like pollen allergies, there are ways for you to be able to help with treating it and managing it and helping with alleviating the symptoms so they're not making your life as crappy. So one of the major ways, and I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say for the people in the back, make sure that you're tracking the pollen count for your area so you can get this information from like your local news media. I know the weather app on iPhones may have the pollen count show up sometimes, and you can also check out the National Allergy Bureau's website in order to be able to get that information as well, just to kind of stay in the know and really just know like what the pollen count is in your area so you know if like, ooh, I need to stay inside or oh, I need to go outside and do some things. So I'm just going to wear a mask and make sure this pollen doesn't get up my nose and in my throat. It's really kind of like just nice to just know that so that you can, if you're in the position to kind of plan your day around the pollen count, then like being able to do that. So like it doesn't attack you and like 
it doesn't like mess with you as much as it could if you go in like during the peak time of the day another tip is to stay indoors like I said um, with like central air conditioning when the pollen count is really high so making sure you're getting like an asthma and allergy friendly air filter that's certified like a HEPA filter for your air conditioner and if you do spend time outside try to go out in like the afternoons or even in the evenings because of ragweed pollen peaking in the morning so mornings are not your best friend so sorry for all my morning people out there another tip is to prevent pollen from being tracked into your home so if you spend a lot of time outside when it is that peak pollen time in the day make sure you're taking your shoes off from when you come outside making sure you don't wear your outside clothes to bed so if you are a person that wears lounge clothes on the weekends Please don't take those lounge clothes if you are outside taking a walk or whatever and wear them in your bed like you are literally asking for pollen to come take you out. Um, so don't do that. Also cover your hair when you're outside or wash it at night to make sure that you're not getting any pollen trapped up in your hair because even though it might not be on your face, it might not be on your body or underneath your nose or in your throat. It could be in your hair and that could be actually causing you to have some sort of an allergic reaction that way because if your head's on your pillow and you're tossing from side to side, eventually it's going to go up your nose or in your throat and you're going to breathe it in and so it's just going to cause a whole allergic reaction and you're just going to be like, oh my goodness, like how did this happen? And it's like, it could actually be from your hair. But if you have this luxury, you might even consider moving to kind of get away from ragweed because it could help you feel better for like a short period of time. But I will say that you may not be able to like truly get away from ragweed because you can develop allergies to different things and to different plants in your new location within like a few years. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. However, what I found really interesting was that ragweed can be found in literally every state except for Alaska. My thinking is that it probably has to deal with the cold temperatures there and like the plant really not being able to like thrive in a place like Alaska. Honestly, just generally of all always been curious about Alaska like I'd love to just go there and like taste like Alaskan fresh wild salmon or like fresh wild smoked salmon like straight from Alaska because oh my goodness probably tastes like so good I was actually just like talking to someone who uh, recently had went to Alaska and I was talking to them about it and I was just like oh my goodness like probably like so pretty there with like the mountains and like the greenery and the snow when it's like that time of year like definitely visiting Alaska is something that is on my bucket list that I definitely want to do because I've seen like the different like National Geographic documentaries. It just really looks like a cool place to visit. I don't know about living there, but I definitely want to visit there and kind of like see what it's like and just kind of be like in that atmosphere. It seems like it'd be really cool for like a trip. Um, Another tip is to like take the anti-inflammatory, antihistamine medicines to help with controlling your allergy symptoms. They can help with, as I talked about in the podcast before, like any eye symptoms, nose symptoms, asthma symptoms, and really just being able to find the different medicine that works better for you. So if your eyes tend to affect you when it comes to your allergies and like looking for eye drops might be something good for you to look at. Or if you are being affected in terms of like your nose is like really itching then maybe getting a nose spray might be something that's best for you so really just kind of really trying to pinpoint where your symptoms are coming from and then working with your your doctor allergist what have you in order to figure out what is the best medicine for you to take that in order to control your pollen allergy symptoms another thing 
that has really helped me with pollen related allergies is taking supplements like vitamin C and zinc. They are both like really great for like strengthening your like immune system as a whole. And specifically when it comes to zinc, I did some research and it has been shown to relieve symptoms of respiratory allergies and to really shorten the length of common cold symptoms. Another thing that I came across was that people with asthma and allergic rhinitis were found to actually have lower levels of zinc in their blood. And also zinc is shown to have like this protective effect on like your respiratory system. So those are some fun facts for you all about zinc, but I highly recommend like vitamin C and zinc, but especially zinc. Um, but there's probably other supplements that are out there that are really good for being able to help with allergy symptoms. But I know those are like the main two that I have felt a difference with me taking them within my allergies um, and have really have found myself at points where I might not even need to take allergy medicine as much because of it just being that helpful. But I will say to each their own, make sure you're talking with your doctor and being able to get their counsel on what must be the best thing for you and your allergies and your symptoms. So just definitely keep that in mind as I'm going through, you know, my tips just based off of experience and based off of what has helped me or what I have found has helped other people. Um, another thing that I have found really great success with is drinking tea. So like drinking like green tea, peppermint tea, ginger tea, turmeric tea, you know, those types of teas has really been able to help with being able to provide like a little bit of relief when it comes to pollen related allergies. The tea that I've seen the biggest difference with me drinking is nettle tea. That tea is literally the truth. I highly recommend you try to find it. Another tip is trying out essential oils. That may be something you can look into and really just think about using essential oils with a diffuser because diffusers are the absolute goat. And I will tell every person I can about diffusers because they're just that good. I highly recommend using one. If you're looking for like long-term relief, you may want to see an allergist about immunotherapy. Um, this is a type of treatment that can help with reducing the allergic response that you have to specific allergens. Um, and there is actually two types. There's allergy shots and allergy drops, which is also known as sublingual immunotherapy actually had Dr. Munnan Shaw on the podcast this season where we talked about allergy drops and allergy shots. So definitely go listen to that episode to learn more about this topic because it's really filled with great conversations around this particular topic. And we'll make sure that we'll link this episode that I'm talking about and referencing in our show notes because it's really good to kind of just have that information in your head when you're really trying to think about, okay, what are some different treatments that I should consider and become more of an informed patient. Definitely not trying to give medical advice here, as I've already said, um, but really just trying to provide a lot of information and being able to take that information and make you more informed and knowing like what questions to be able to ask when you're going to an allergist appointment, things like that. But hopefully what I hope you all get from this episode is that it's really important to be able to identify whether you have a true allergy or not through visiting your allergist and then really just working with them to put together the right treatment plan if you do have a true allergy or your child has a true allergy so that you can start to see some type of improvements within your symptoms or your child's symptoms. But hopefully this episode was helpful and you were able to learn a lot more about ragweed. 
I know that I did. I definitely didn't know that there was a pollens in specific that is trying to get us in the summer, guys. I feel like these environmental allergies are literally trying to get us from each and every season possible. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, definitely be sure to hit that subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Give us a follow on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at ohmyallergies. My Instagram is at ohmyvalencia. Make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to give us a rating and leave us a review. Hopefully that rating is five stars and hopefully that review is a positive one and just one that really helps with being able to give us more feedback and let us know what you want to hear more of on the podcast and really just helping us be able to spread the word about the podcast and reach more ears. Definitely keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.